All right, the title, the title of my message today is The King of Hearts. <coughs> the King of Hearts. I, um, first, I want to let you know that um, God has called us to be um, believers. And uh, sometimes we get carried away with our needs at times. We forget the fact that uh, there's actually a thing called Christianity, you know, that Jesus came for a purpose. And that your needs are not the reason why Jesus came. Your wants and your desires are not the reason why Jesus came. Jesus has an, an eternal purpose for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him will not die but have eternal life. And that the concept of eternal life is the message of the gospel. That's why you and I are together. That's why we call ourselves brothers and sisters in the Lord. But sometimes we just forget that. We think that our faith is about, you know, oh, I'm believing God for a new job. I'm believing God for a new car. I'm believing God for a new this. I'm believing God to heal me. I'm believing God. There are so many saints who died without being healed. So, so, there's, so I, I, I want you to remember that this year. And as we wait on the Lord, as we are fasting, right, you remember that, that God has called you into a thing called the gospel, the gospel of Jesus. The gospel means the good news, the message of Jesus. God has called you into there's something called eternal life. And that's what God has called you and I to. That's what qualifies us to be who we are and what we are. So we are here because we have a common agenda. And the common agenda is not my needs, it's not your needs. It's the message of the gospel and eternal life. We tend to forget that a lot. All right. So today I want to talk to you about um, what I've titled the King of Hearts. I'll be looking at that today and next, next Sunday. God is interested in your heart, not as an organ, but your heart talks about your soul, your mind, the way you process things, the way your perspective. God is interested in it, your mind, the King of Hearts. Proverbs 23, verse 26. I think you all have my scriptures now. The studio should all have my scripture now, so they shouldn't tell me about any delays. All right. Can we read this together? One, two, go. Uh-huh. Give me your heart. Uh-huh. Observe my ways. One more time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. My son, give me your heart. It's not talking about your, the organ. What is he talking about then? And let your eyes observe my ways. I have a way. I have the way I want to perceive things. There's a way I want to interpret things. Right? So, what do I want from you then? Let's look at another scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Right? Proverbs 4, 23, and we read together. Okay? Like one, two, go. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now you see that. So he said, keep your heart with all, with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So what he's saying is, listen, I want you to give me the source of the issues of your life. I want to hand over the, your perception, the way you process, basically saying, give me your mind. Give me your mind. It's not interesting that we're talking about mind. This wasn't planned, by the way, and we are giving, raising, giving, 
raising money for charity, giving money for charity, charity, and then we're talking about minds today. God wants your mind, basically. That's what he's saying. Okay? So, but the fact is, um, because God does not just want any mind. God wants, I believe God wants, there's a certain mind that God wants you to have, and there's a certain mind that the Lord does not want you to have, according to scriptures. So, um, let's look at the first, look at the first, you know, three different types of hearts that God does not want you to have. The first one is a stony heart. A stony heart. Ezekiel 36 verse 26. A stony heart. A heart that does not have feelings. Yeah? Ezekiel introduced us to this type of heart. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone, the mind of stone, the mind that has no feelings, and I will replace it with the mind that has flesh, means that it's sensitive, and give you a heart of flesh. So there is a stony heart. God says, give me your heart. But he doesn't want any heart. He doesn't want you to have a stony heart. People can have a stony heart. A stony heart, a stony mind, a mind without feelings, is a heart that is rebellious, a heart that rebels against scriptural commandments. A stony heart. We rebel against scriptural commandments. God does not want to have a stony heart, a heart that is not sensitive, without feelings. A stony heart does not keep God's commandments. A stony heart does not do the things that God wants that person to do. A stony heart. Do you understand? You can easily masquerade a stony heart. We live in a society that is um, non-confrontational. We live in a society that is uh, passive-aggressive. Sometimes we all have passive-aggressive behavior. You won't do. You won't say you won't do. Nobody can make you do. But just sit down there and just look and smile when you need to smile, laugh when you need to laugh, hug what you, when you need to hug, but you won't do. As a stony heart. Cold. You understand? It's not a heart a Christian should have. It's not a heart. It's possible to hang out with people with a stony heart and not even know. If, in fact, it is possible for you to have a stony heart yourself and not know. Not know. Your heart is hard. God said, I, will, I, need, I need to take that out. You need to work with me taking that heart out. You understand? How many times have you seen something horrific on TV and you quickly switch on to match of the day because the people involved in the accident, they are not related to you. A stony heart. A stony heart. Another thing that just got stabbed and your reaction is, ah, thank God it's not in my postcode. A stony heart. A heart that is not sensitive. 
You hear things happen to other people. You do not flinch whatsoever. It just doesn't, it just doesn't register because the heart is stone cold dead. It has no feelings. Someone tells you, you know what, I, I've just been made redundant. You say, eh, oh, oh. Uh, did you see the match yesterday? <laughs> Someone is trying to express their concern, their issue. It just goes right over your head. You just go so consumed about yourself because there's just nothing in there that has, that has life that has life, that will prick you and make you know that, that feel that, you know what, somebody's going through something, you just don't see it. Everything's all gray because you have a stony heart. You understand? That's not the heart that God wants you to have. How do you identify someone who, well, how do you identify if you have a stony heart? A heart that is rebellious to what scripture says. Number one, when you find yourself constantly arguing about scriptures, just be arguing about scriptures. Do you understand? If you want to be a theologian, be a theologian. That's what God has called you to do, no problem. But just be arguing about scriptures. When you find yourself, if you cannot have a normal conversation without arguing about scriptures, mm, is there something there we need to investigate and prod? It's Tony Hart. I'm not saying don't discuss scriptures, but when arguing about scriptures, you understand? Is that an indication? When you constantly just dwell in what I call nonsense theological doctrine, you know? Just have a fight over doctrine. Every time. How are you? I'm fine. Jesus is Lord. Eh? Jesus is Lord, eh? Jesus is Lord. So, so is that how you, is that how, where's in the Bible that you must answer like that? Why, hey, mate, 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 mate. You can't, no, whoa, wow. Just, have you seen what's going on in the church of God these days? Are you a church watcher? I'm not saying don't question doctrine. But when it becomes a repetitive pattern of behavior, maybe the heart needs healing. As we wait upon the Lord, we have to be sincere, open, and vulnerable. Oh, but a stony heart can never be vulnerable because you mask things up and bury them deep down. Ezekiel said, you need to remove it. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not saying don't question doctrines. I've been a Christian for 30 years. Been a believer for 30 years. I've seen all manner of interpretations. I've seen different types of, different types of churches. I've seen people who have come in the name of the Lord and do something that is not in the, and do things that are not in the name of the Lord. But the Bible also tells me, what can separate me from the love of Christ? I just love Jesus. I don't know about you. What can separate me by the love of Christ? How can I allow somebody's interpretation of what Jesus is separate me from the love of Christ? I know you, but you hear today you, there are people who are far away from God because of what another man has done. That's a stony heart. Amen. Now, there are few, two reasons why if you find somebody with a stony heart, there are a couple of reasons. 
Number one, there's hurt. You know what? Hurt. You know, we say hurting people hurt others. Hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. But very rarely will you find people who are actually sincere enough to say, you know what? I really feel hurt about what has happened to me. There's a place for that. I would rather just say, you know what? I feel hurt and I'm still upset. I'm angry at what happened here. And, you know, and then we can, you heard what um, Laura said a few minutes ago. Then we, we talk, isn't it? But whatever it is, it should not develop into a spiritual cyst or tumor that sucks the life out of you. It can easily become, a cyst can easily become like a stone. Don't have a stony heart. Hurt, one of those can easily do that to you. Um, I was this, in this church, I fell in love with this church, and this church did this. It's okay. There's room for that. It's called counseling. And then you do what? And you move on. Also, when you also failed promises, I have waited on the Lord for this thing for a very long time, but it's not happened. All of a sudden, you develop, develop a stony heart. The truth is, you are angry. And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry. But at least give it the right label so we can deal with issues accordingly. God does not want you to have a stony heart. When a promise is delayed, it can lead to a stony heart. It leads to an, an un, you get to a place where you don't really believe anymore, but you've been on this journey for a, such a long time, you can't start saying that you don't believe. So you're now trapped in this vicious circle of unbelief. You're now an unbelieving believer. <laughs> you know? And then there's also this perception, of how will I be judged by the body? This is all I've known. Does that make sense? Whatever it is, don't have a stony heart. It's not part of this course to have a stony heart. Heart can be hard. Have you seen um, people just anything scripture, ah, they attack it. Joined my old school association recently. Every time I come, every time I log in, I say hello. Somebody takes, somebody takes a swipe at pastors, at churches. At <laughs> Stony hearts. Hard. Do everything to upset anything that comes in the name of the, in the, name of the Lord. Do you understand? Don't have a stony heart. Don't allow a critical spirit to turn you, to, turn you into one that has a stony heart. What is the source of your argument? Is it that you just want to have a chat and talk because you seek to know? There's room for that. The Berean Christians seek to know. Or is it just that you have a stony heart? Stony heart is not good. Praise the Lord. The second heart that God does not want you to have is a lifted heart. A lifted heart. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 13. A lifted heart. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, when you no longer have a need or feel hungry, and all your needs have been met, and all that you have is multiplied. Come on, guys. 
Come on, guys. This is the second service. When your heart is lifted up, so a lifted heart, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Can you imagine that? A lifted heart does two things. One, a lifted heart forgets God. A lifted heart forgets God. He said, when you have eaten, you are full. Everything you have, the problem you all, you, the problem that has, the problem you've always had is now taken care of. He said, you forget God. That's in your scriptures. It says a lifted, a lifted heart. It says your heart is lifted, so you forget God. So people with lifted hearts forget God. The second f- category of people you find with a lifted heart is that they forget how they got to where they are. You see, God does not want you to forget him. And God doesn't want you to forget those who have helped you. It's in a lifted heart. I've seen people forget God. How? You know, they are the best worshippers when they have a need. Does that sound like you? When you have a need, you are the best worshipper. God has your best when you have a pressing need. Morning devotion. Mm-mm. They wake before the alarm goes because they need to pray. Bible reading. Uh-uh. Are you kidding? Their eyes are glued on scripture. They wake up, read the Bible. In the train, they are on their phone reading the Bible. During lunch hour, they read the Bible because they have a need. It's not interesting that your best comes out when you have a need. Services. My goodness. Only three services? Can we do more? (laughs) (laughs) Service is 7.30. 7.25. You're outside. I don't understand how people backslide in this country. 7.25, nobody is here. (laughs) I don't understand how people backslide. Services finish by 12 o'clock. By 12.15, they are going home. Where are they going to? I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. But because you have a need. Services, check and complete. Tithe, a.k.a. the bribe, register me. Lord, you are, watch, you are watching. On top of the tithe, right, there is the vow. <laughs> if, Lord, if you do this for me, Ah, prove me now. Because you want a job. Prove me now. Because you want a child. Prove me now. Because you want to get married. They've bypassed you for promotion three times. The fourth one is coming. You've got to up your game, isn't it? Prove me now. Because you want promotion. But the Bible says after you have eaten and you are full, you get your job, your car, and your baby, say so you forget God. You are no longer as fervent as you portrayed to be. Deuteronomy 
will just read. And that's not how to do the gospel of Jesus. Because we serve a living God who is a spirit and demands the heart of all men. You also forget those who have um, helped you. You know, when a lifted heart, a lifted heart forgets people who have helped them. Why not? They forget those who prayed with them. That's the first category of people they forget. They forget those who prayed for them. They forget those who cried with them. That mate that you cried to, that gave you a listening ear, that colleague you went to winch to, that gave you a listening ear, a lifted heart forgets them all. The one who gave them opportunities, you forget them. The one who told them about the opportunities, they forget them. The one whose uh, resources they use to get to, what they wa- where, to get to where they are, what they are in life, they forget them. Because their heart is what? Lifted. How quick are you to forget those who have helped you? How quick? Do you even remember them? How many of them got your Christmas card? Or are you a self-made man or a self-made woman? Isn't it not interesting? Here you are. You are happy. You are full. You are satisfied. You have multiplied. And it looks as if you just dropped from heaven without a scratch. Isn't it? You got a car now, don't you? You got a house now, don't you? Maybe it's the job you have now. Or is it a baby in your hands? What is it? A lifted heart. You see, the Lord was teaching me. Maybe the Lord was teaching me about myself last year. I called two people. I said, I need to take you out on a dinner. He said, why? It's December. It should be your busiest moment, busiest time as a pastor. I said, I know. I said, but I need to take you out to dinner. And I called two people. And at different times, I said, you know what? I'm here to say thank you for all that you have done. The gap that God has used you to fill in my heart, in my need. Thank you. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Do the same thing. God does not want a lifted heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? As Christians, we must look back to look forward. Look back to look forward. Don't have a lifted heart. A lifted heart will always be tongue-tied. I said, I don't even know how to say thank you. But you know how to pray. You know how to seek for help. So a lifted heart will always be, to- will always be tongue-tied when it comes to appreciation. God does not want you to have a lifted heart. He wants you to have a heart of flesh, a heart that is grateful. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 26. I read from verse 1. 
Second Chronicles 26. It says, Now all the people of Uzzah took all the people of Judah took Uzzah, Uzziah, who was sixteen years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his fathers. Uzziah was sixteen years old when he when he became king, and he resigned and he reigned. 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah has done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who, who had understanding in visions and of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Fantastic. Good takeoff. God made him prosper. God prospered him. Praise the Lord. But look at verse 16. And when he was strong, his heart was lifted to his destruction. For he transgressed against the God, the Lord, his God, by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. At some point on that journey, I mean, we just read about him. He had a good start. He chased and pursued after God. He did all that was needed to be done. But at some point, he felt he has it all now. I'm a strong man now. I can sort myself out now. I know what to do now. And he forgot how he got to where he was. The Bible says in verse 16, that when he was strong... When he was strong, when he, got, when, he, when he found himself in a stronger position, like we all are sometimes, the Bible says his heart was lifted up. And every time a heart is lifted up, destruction follows immediately. That's why humility is a key ingredient in the body of Christ. Humility is a key ingredient in the body of Christ. We'll stop there today. We'll continue next week. We'll look at a wounded heart. We'll look at a hardened heart. And we'll look at what God wants us to do with this. Amen? Rise to your feet as we pray. I don't know about you whether you are, whether you are in debt this morning in terms of remembrance. But God says, I, will, I want to take away that heart of stone. I want to take away, remove the lifted heart. I want us, God wants, wants God to restore us a heart that is sensitive and appreciative. It is not a sign of weakness, you know. No, it's not a sign of weakness to be appreciative, to recognize that we are just mere mortal people, mere mortals. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we bless your holy name, we give you all the glory, we give you all the adoration. We thank you for teaching us your ways. Lord, we have come to you today. We have come with our hearts. You said, my son, give me your heart, give me your perspective, give me your mind. 
and we present our minds to you today in the name of Jesus. We ask, oh God, for that you turn our hearts towards you. The Bible says that the heart of man, the heart of the king is in the hands of God. He turns it wherever so he desires. That means that you can change our heart. You can give us a fresh perspective. You can give us a fresh insight. You can remove an argumentative spirit. You can remove an argumentative heart. You can remove a stony heart and you can replace it. You can remove a, you can remove a lifted heart, Father, and keep it humble. Father, we come today that you keep us humble in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone here under the sound of my voice. I ask that your hand be upon everyone here, Father, even as we wait upon you in this fast. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the family says,